Lakutas Sichas Chelikid Zayin Perik Yavas Perik Sheni, the second Perik, a summary of the Sicha. The Mishnah says Reb Shimon Oimer. Reb Shimon said, "Be careful about the reading of Shema and davening." And the second thing he says, when you daven, don't make your davening something like fixed that you have to get over, over with, but make it supplications with feeling, with passion towards Hashem. And also, do not consider yourself to be a Russia. So you have to understand about this Mishnah. Do we really need Mesechta Avas, which is supposed to be something that you live beyond the letter of the law, like, like a Chassid, to tell you that you have to reach a man davening? That's what the Mesechta Avas teaches. Also, that when you do daven, you should uh, do it not out of kvad. This is already a, mis- uh, an, a, a Mishnah says this in Mesechta Brachas as a halacha, that the one who makes his davening into a fixed thing, then his davening will not be with, with feeling. So the Mishnah already states it in Mesechta Brachas. Why does it have to be said here by Rav Shimon? Also, in regards to the third one, what's the connection between the earlier two and the, the statement that you should not consider yourself to be a Russia. So the explanation. The, these three teachings are all come as a follow-up to what is said earlier. The one who said it is Reb Shimon ben Asanel. Reb Shimon ben Asanel was one of the students of Reb Yechon who about whom it says that he was Teirasa Yom Nasi. Teira was his full preoccupation similar to what we say about Rajbi. And since the someone that is Tairasa uh, Nasai does not have to interrupt his learning in order to reach Shema, as Rajbi said in regards to himself, that he doesn't have to interrupt his learning to read the Shema. And certainly not in order to daven, because he just has to, you know, they don't have to interrupt the learning in order to daven. So therefore, Rav Shimon ben he himself was not interrupting his learning to daven and to, to say Shema. So he was saying to his students who did have to interrupt their learning, at least for davening, at least for reading Shema, even maybe not for davening, because they were also terasimnasi, but for Shema they did have to. So he said to them, don't think that just because I am not interrupting my, read, my uh, learning to read the Shema, when you read the Shema, when you daven, you should, um, you shouldn't just, you should be careful about it. You should know that it's something important. You shouldn't just um, do it to get it over with. That's why he said, be careful about davening, be careful about uh, reading Shema. Don't make it into something that you just have to get over with. When can I get it over with in order to go back to learning? Don't treat it that way. And the same will also be explained a little later about the third phrase in the Mishnah, that don't consider yourself to be a Russia, that this is something related specifically to Reb Shimon Minasanel and his status. And although so one can ask that the, uh, the matter of not reading Shema, not interrupting your learning to read the Shema, that's something that is, Halacha says that you do have to, even Rashbi. And uh, it's only in the Yerushalmi that it says Rashbi did not have to, but in the Bavli it says that he did have to. But this can be answered by, first of all, it, it could be that what the, the, the difference between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi on this matter is, are we talking about Rashbi himself or are we talking about the students? Rashbi himself did not even have to interrupt for Shema, whereas the students did have to interrupt for Shema, but not for Davani. That could be one answer. And also there could be a difference between Rajbi as he was before he went into the cave, spent those 13 years in the cave, and after, 
when he came out of the cave, he was on a much higher level and the studying of Torah was on a much greater level, as the Gemara says. So after that, he didn't even interrupt for the reading of Shema. But earlier than that, perhaps he did. That's just to answer that question. And the Rebbe suggests that Rabbi Shimon Minasano was on the level of Rajbi, or similar to the level of Rajbi in regards to this matter, that he himself also did not read the Shema, as will soon be explained why he was on that level. We see something interesting about the Mishnah calls Rabbi Shimon Minasano simply by the name Rabbi Shimon. It doesn't say Rabbi Shimon Minasano in this Mishnah. Why is that? And although it's true that only a few Mishnahs back it named him as one of the students of Rabbi Yechon and Zakkai and said Rabbi Shimon Minasano, and then when it says, and they said three things, and when it gets to Rabbi Shimon, we know that it's Rabbi Shimon Minasano. We should understand that it's Rabbi Shimon Minasano, and maybe that's why it's not written. But since everything in Torah is so specific, so the fact that it only names him Rav Shimon, especially that what happens if somebody is only learning this Mishnah, he might think that it's Rav Shimon ben Yechoi, because Rav Shimon in the Mishnah, without saying who the father is, is generally a, a reference to Rav Shimon ben Yechoi. So why does it say here Rav Shimon? The reason is because what is being said in this Mishnah by Rav Shimon Minasanal is not so much pertaining to him as Rav Shimon Minasanal as to the fact that he is similar to Rav Shimon Ben Yechoi. It all stems, it all comes from the fact that he was so similar to Rav Shimon Ben Yechoi. That's why the Mishnah simply calls him Rav Shimon. If you think that this is talking about Rav Shimon Ben Yechoi, you're not so far from the truth. Rav Shimon Minasanal was in this Mishnah, that's what it's about. The fact that he was similar to Rav Shimon Ben Yechoi. And the reason the name Shimon is so integral to this is because Teirosa means that someone that is connected to Teira. Shimon means to hear, it means to really to comprehend. And in order to be able to be connected thoroughly to the Teira to such a degree that's called Teirosa one has to be totally in tune with comprehending what the Teira says. So the name Shimon expresses a person's total absorption with Torah, total connection to Torah, Torah Now, although Reb Shimon and Yechai's connection to Torah was through in Nigla the Torah as well, most of his time was spent in the cave, let's say, was spent learning Mishnayis, not Zoyer, as the Alter Rebbe says, but still, it seems that the, in essence, what is the meaning of Torah is not just time spent learning, it's more about the deep connection that a person has to learning. The way it captures him, it completely absorbs the person on every level of his life. That's what it means, not the time spent so much. And therefore, when you talk about being absorbed by Torah, it's not so much about being absorbed by the wisdom of Torah as much as being absorbed to Hashem who is behind the Torah. That's what it really means. Torah means somebody that is connected to Hashem who is a host, Shechinta, that is a host to the Shechina. So much so that the Chesidah says that when somebody that's Teirosim Nasei learns, it's like V'asim Dvarei Beficha, which means it's like Hashem placing the words in your mouth. It's not attributed to the person saying it as much as it is to Hashem putting the words in his mouth. That's the level of connection that a person has, that someone like that has to Hashem, he is a host to the presence of Hashem, and when he speaks, it's like the Shekhinah speaking. That's the real meaning of, of the Teirasa Yom Nasi, or the inner meaning of Teirasa Yom Nasi. 
which explains the reason why Rav Shemim and Yechoi did not have to read the Shema, because the purpose of reading Shema is, so in order to be able to reach this kind of connection to Hashem, that kind of connection of Asim Yodei the idea of Tarasim Nasi, one has to be able to express absolute and utter bittel to Hashem, that the person himself should not in any way, should be completely transparent to Hashem's will. And in order to reach that, one has to read the Shema. The Shema is what brings about this kind of bittel. It talks about Mesiris Nefesh, the absolute, the ultimate bittel. And there, but Reb Shimon ben Yechoi, he did not need to read the Shema in order to reach this kind of bittel. He had it, he had already reached that on his own previously. He didn't have to constantly read Shema in order to reach that bittel. And as he himself said, Anasim I am merely a pointer to Hashem. When you look at me, you don't see me. You see only that I am a direction pointer to Hashem. That is an expression of absolute and utter bittel. And that's why he didn't have to read Shema. And this kind of status, that understanding of Tehrasayim Nasay, uh, comes from being a Mare Kabbalah. That is when a person studies the, the, the subject of Hashem himself. That doesn't come from studying necessarily the Nigla the Torah as much as it comes from studying the Inyanim Kabbalah Pnimius Torah. That's what brings this kind of total merging of a person with Hashem's will. So, talking about Rabbi Shimon ben Asanel, how does he compare to Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai? The Gemara tells a story that Rabbi Lozim and Aroch asked permission from Rabbi Yechon and Mezakai to, to repeat something that Rabbi Yechon and Mezakai had said on Maisa Merkava on the inner, you know, on, on the discussions of godliness and so on. The esoteric parts of Torah. And he gave him permission, and a fire came down from heaven, surrounded them, and so on, and it was a great event. When Rav Shimon and Asanel and Rabbi Yossi heard what happened, they, they also began to teach Maisa Merkava. And they, uh, so they said that it was a day in the middle of the summer, when there's no clouds in the sky, and there was a uh, there was an upheaval in the in the world, and there was uh, there was a rainbow that was seen in the heaven in the clouds, and a heavenly voice came out and and spoke and pronounced. So we see that Shimon and Asanel had this ability to bring about to bring down Shechina into the world. In other words, he too was a host to the Shechina, similar to Shimon and Yechoi. And all that you might say that, well, Rabbi Lozim and Arach was also that way. And so was Rabbi Yaisi Akayin. But there's a big difference because Rabbi Lozim and Arach only repeated something that Rabbi Yechon and Mazakeh had taught him. He didn't come up with any new idea. Whereas by Rabbi Lozim and Arach and Rabbi Yaisi Akayin, it says Paschu. They opened, which generally means when it says Pasach Rabbi Shimon in the, in the Zayar, it means he opened up a new channel of insight. Something new was being taught. So is over here when it says Paschal in regards to Rav Shimon Hassan Rabbi it also means they came up with a new idea much greater than Rabbi Lozav and Aruch. Now, what about between Rabbi Yisiakayin and Rav Shimon Hassan? Rabbi Yisiakayin, the Mishnah names him Hakayin. Why does the Mishnah make tell us that he was a Kayin? Hakayin means something that you receive, the position as a Kayin, the status as a Kayin you receive from above you. It's not something that you accomplish on your own. So his type of opening up channels in, in the Inyonim of Kabbalah, Maisim Rekava, was something he received the power for from outside of himself, from somebody above him. But Rav Shimon and Asanel, he received it, he 
came to it on his own. He accomplished it all on his own. And the true reaching of being a dir l'shchinta, or what we call teirasayim nasay, own, the, ap, the absolute perfection of that can only be reached if you do it under your own steam. And that's where Rav Shimon Asanel outpaced even those two Tanoim, his colleagues, in this matter. And this high level of revelation that came about through Rav Shimon Asanel's teaching is expressed by the fact that there was a, uh, a rainbow was seen in the cloud. You have to ask yourself, a rainbow, it says that uh, in regards to other Tanoim, that they were Rabshuam and Levi, that in his days there was no rainbow ever seen in the sky. What does that mean? Because a rainbow was there to remind us that Hashem promised that he would not uh, destroy the world. And if you see a rainbow, it means that there is reason that Hashem has to destroy the world. And, the, and this Tzaddik, the great Tzaddik Rabshuam and Levi, there was never a need for Hashem to remind him because of this chusim of the Tzaddik. So a rainbow seems to be something negative. negative. But the truth is that that is only if you see a rainbow when it's cloudy, when it's otherwise cloudy. You see a rainbow, so clouds represent dinim. They represent obscuring the sun and so on. That, In other words, under a cloud is a negative thing. So when you see a a rainbow, it's a negative thing. But when you see a rainbow in something which is an unexpected way, that is an expression of a revelation of God, as it says that you're not allowed to look, stare at a, at a rainbow. Why aren't you allowed to stare at a rainbow? Because it is a representation of Hashem's presence. That's what it says in the Gemara. And it says also in the vision of Yecheskel, that uh, the Maisim Merkava, that when he saw a rainbow, and that was, he names it as, the presence of, uh, as a representation of the presence of Hashem. So in other words, when you have a rainbow that appears in a miraculous way, that is an expression of a revelation of godliness similar to what Yechezkel saw, something beyond, beyond the world, something of great revelation of godliness into the world. So we see that Rav Shimon Asana was able to bring about these kinds of revelations in a, a way similar to Rajbi. And now we know that Rav, one of the things Rav Shimon and Yechoi said was that I am able to exempt the entire world from any judgment. Because of his greatness, he was able to protect everyone from any punishment at all. We assume that Rav Shimon, we accept that Rav Shimon and Asanel had that same ability because he was the same as Rav Shimon and Yechoi. So therefore he too was able to. Then we the question that, that's why he says what he says that don't consider yourself to be a Russia. The reason that a person shouldn't be considering himself to be a Russia is so that he will not give up from doing tshuva. If you consider yourself to be a Russia, you won't. You, there will be no need to do tshuva. Now, when a, people don't do tshuva, so the Gemara says Yo aniusa liudoi, the pain that Hashem subjects us to is a good thing for us, because it leads us to do tshuva. So if a person is never going to suffer pain, because Rabbi Shimon Minasana was able to protect everyone from any pain, so what's going to motivate a yid to do tshuva then? If he considers himself to be a rasha, and never, uh, never suffers any pain, then what's going to motivate him? So that's why Rabbi Shimon Minasana said, never consider yourself to be a rasha, because then you won't, won't end up doing tshuva. And the best thing is that we should do tshuva not out of pain, but out of comfort and out of um, 
peace and tranquility, and then our tshuva is accepted, and we can go to the gold.